Welcome to the Vorthos Podcast with your host, Matt W. Ruff. Thank you, Bob. And this is number seven, if we're keeping count. Um, This podcast, we're going to deal with one of the big issues of Christendom, I think, that exists in today's world. Now, I'm coming at it from a person that lives in Nashville, Tennessee, and who kind of knows what's going on in the world. A lot of people say they're Christian in America, but, huge but, are they? It's an issue. Um, in politics, we have liberals, we have moderates, and we have conservatives. And some people make that, okay, in Christianity, you can have liberal, moderate, and conservative. I don't buy that one bit. Um, it's kind of like Supreme Court justices. You have those that interpret the laws, which is their job, and then you have everybody else. It's really that simple. So today we're going to talk about the big lie of progressive slash liberal Christianity. So here we go. Real Christianity is is lived. And what I mean by that is it's not a study. It's not something you just spend your time reading about God and, and there's nothing doing. It's just, it's just a reading thing. It's just something you believe. That is not real Christianity at all. Real Christianity is lived. And what I mean by this is real simple. You can say you're a Christian and submit to God's will. And then for your job to pay the bills, let's say you work as a nurse. I'm going to use extremes here. You work for a nurse to an abortion provider. Uh, You work in the pornographic business. You may just be simply somebody who's maintaining the servers, or you could be somebody who's just, you know, doing edits, or you could be somebody who's just doing their bookkeeping. Illegal drug trafficking. And the list can go on for quite a bit of things that you cannot be and still be Christian. The two don't <laughs> hook up in any way, shape, and form. It's it's a huge problem um, with the word. I mean, Christian has become so watered down. What I talk about Christian, I mean serious Christian. Now, we have books from the earliest times, not counting the Bible. We, we have, of course, Acts and the Epistles that clearly state things that can't be for Christians. But let's talk about just history, the works of Josephus and others. Like in Rome. In Rome, a teacher had to teach the unchristian things that were part of the Roman Empire, you know. Caesar was a god. Once you became a Christian, you had to give up that profession because you can't be both. You can't be a practicing Christian and still do certain jobs. Now, if your job is generally, let's say, something like an accountant, generally speaking, as long as you're not doing the accounting for a drug cartel or, you know, you're probably fine. But it gets harder in certain deals. Now, you know, in, in law, in, in the, in the, in the, in the process of law, just because you don't know the law, that's no excuse. That's one of the things out there. Just because you didn't know it was illegal. You know, you're going down the road at 80 miles an hour, and oh, gee, I didn't, officer, I didn't know the speed limit was 45. Yeah, that doesn't cut it, okay? It doesn't cut it necessarily for biblical law either, but I think there are some accepted, you know, if if you're a waiter at, if 
you're a waiter at a restaurant, your job is to serve people. Whether those people are Christian or politically or whatever, it doesn't matter. You, As long as they're not of so offensive that it makes it impossible to do your job or for other people to enjoy their meal, you serve them. And you serve them, you know, the way you would anybody else. If I was somebody that's conservative political person, and I'll take just a guy as an example. I'm not bragging about the guy. I'm just going to take somebody like a Ted Cruz, who's most people know who he is because he ran for president. He's a senator from, you know, the large state of Texas, my home state. He's well known and he's, is, he's fundamentally clear about his beliefs of pro-life and pro-Christian and pro-America and, you know, it's given. If I was somebody like that, I'd be very, very picky about the restaurants I went to. Now, the reason I say that is because I've seen enough undercover video of what people do in restaurants. If you're a nobody, your chances are, but the, you know, if you're, if you don't like Ted Cruz and he's sitting in the, the, who knows what you're doing to that food? I'm just saying. But, you know, a waiter's job is not to do those things, it's just to provide good service. And I don't want to get sidetracked on the other stuff. But um, real Christianity blocks off certain professions. You know, you can't be a hitman for the mafia and still be, you know, a good Christian. You may be able to get, be in some denomination. You know, I mean, I mean, it's it's famous. There was this famous abortionist who was a, not just a member, he was a deacon in this Methodist church up in Kansas. That is totally unacceptable. There's no way that should ever happen. Christianity does not prog- progress with the times. It does not become liberal. If it did, it would be a false religion. Do not be deceived into thinking there is a progressive form of Christianity. That is a big false teaching. Truth never changes. Two plus two equals four. It was that way in 2000 BC. It was that way in Christ's time, and that's it, the way it is today. It doesn't ever change. There is no liberality allowed. Now, it doesn't mean certain things can't change. You know, I have no problem with amplification in the worship center, unless it's done poorly. Okay. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, known as the Prince of Preacher, Preachers back in London, did not have amplification he spoke to 10,000 people with just his voice that and good acoustics in in the building today churches with 150 have amplification systems okay churches with 100 have amplification systems I mean there's no problem with that sometimes it's overkill but it is what it there's no particular problem with that now there are some denominations that have some really crazy rules about stuff and I'm not going to get into that right now, but bottom line is those kind of things are, you know, are not the issue that I'm talking about. I'm talking about doctrinal issues. Jesus is the same today as he was yesterday and he will be tomorrow and will be forever. Christian doctrines since the completion of the new Testament don't change. They are what they are. Now, there can be disputes between legitimate Christians over minor issues and some semi-important issues, but the fundamentals do not change. And that's a huge problem today because so many churches, so many whole denominations have become a joke as far as I'm concerned. So let's start off with the basics. Dictionary definitions. 
And I, I and and I just looked these up. Liberal, one who's open-minded or not strict in the observation of orthodoxy, tradition, or the established forms or ways. It's a pretty good description. Open to new behaviors or opinions and willing to discard traditional values. Still a pretty good definition. Regarding many traditional beliefs as dispensational in invalid by modern thought or by change is which is that's not a very good definition because I didn't read it right, but liberals can read something into something that isn't there. I mean, look at what the liberal Supreme Court did. They read into um the Constitution a right to privacy and they use that to say, okay, and you know, you're allowed to to kill your baby there is no it's not in there they just kind of put it in there there was no precedence for it and they just established it that's how it was done in law it's done that way in christianity today uh, you know and we'll get into some of those in a minute the other word used a lot is progressive now i saw this as a definition i just could not pass it up I, I just couldn't pass it up. An example of something that would be described as progressive is a disease or illness that gradually gets worse. Now, how brilliant a definition of progressive that is. It's a disease that progressively gets worse and worse. One believing in modern political change, especially social change by government action. Okay. Or church action, if you're using it in the church setting. Again, that may be something acceptable in the political realms. It should be something that's totally unacceptable in the religious, in the Christianity grounds. And religion in general, that's maybe fine. God, original Ten Commandments, I believe, are still 100% valid today as they were when he wrote them on the stone tablets and gave them to Moses. Now, Understand he cares about the spirit of the law and not the letter of the law. I have kids. Kids are always looking for little loopholes in the argument. Okay. Well, you didn't say specifically I couldn't, you know, they look for loopholes. That's not what I'm talking about here. Now, there is an argument about one of the Ten Commandments. Jesus healed on the Sabbath um, and there the Sabbath law is not really mentioned much in the New Testament and there are some verses that kind of point that Paul says you know you can do anything you want any day of the week I don't think that's what he meant but the the five moral laws and, and the and the, one of the summation of the other five are really, to me, non-negotiables. One of the now understanding that's the commandments, the law of Moses, the six hundred and thirteen commandments the Jewish people follow in Judaism. Those, some of those went away. We're not required to have two kitchens and separate foods in the whole kosher bed isn't required and, and the festivals and and the sacrifice, all those went away. Totally, totally agree with those going away. The moral laws that's in there are still as valid today because they're based on the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not commit a men, you know, speaking like King James, you shall not commit adultery is still as valid as it ever always was. It's not something open marriage never is, is never allowed in any form of Christianity that's legitimate. just isn't. Murder is always evil and is always sin, period. Abortion is middle, is murder, and therefore it is a sin to have or be a part of. It's a sin for the person providing it. It's a sin for the person getting it. It's for the sin for the person that Let's it go on without even a word. All of the commandments, the Ten Commandments, to me, are still valid. That's my opinion. 
I have a lot of things to back that up, but that's where we're starting. Liberal progressive or whatever you want to call will always be false teaching. Sexual sins have always been a sin and they still are. People that water down theology are false teachers. Liberal theology is no more than evil theology or bad theology. You can't soften things to make it palatable to people. It is what it is. Now, if the if it's based on a tradition or it's based on a new test an old testament law of Moses, then we're open to discussions. You know, I personally have no desire at all. I don't like them or tattoos. There is, it's one of the 613 commandments to Israel. You shall not get a tattoo and you shall not get markings. Is that, is there a reason that should have gone away? I don't think so. I don't, I, I see no purpose they, they perform. Would I throw somebody out of the church for getting a tattoo? Absolutely not. But somebody ever asked me, no, you should not, if you're a Christian, you should not get a tattoo. Now, I have heard Christians who got tattoos for very specific reasons, some of which I might say, okay, and that, that may be a good reason. I know a guy who says he has one tattoo. It's around his wedding finger because of the, he's a mechanic and he can't wear a ring most of the time when he's working, but he wanted a ring all the time. And this is before they came up with the fancy ones. They have now the rubberized ones. And so he got a tattoo wedding band. Pretty clever. Uh, thinking outside the box and okay, fine. Little bitty tattoo. I mean, whatever that, that's not the things I'm talking about. I'm talking about the mainly the sexual sins and, and the murder and, and, the huge things, the commandments, not the laws, the commandments. Second Peter says this, but false prophets arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. These false teachers will infiltrate your midst and with their destructive heresies, even to the point of denying the master who brought them. As a result, they will bring swift destruction on themselves and many will follow their debauched lifestyles. Because of these false teachers, the way of the truth will be slandered. And in their greed, they will exploit you with deceptive words. Their condemnation pronounced long ago is not sitting idle by. Their destruction is not asleep. Meaning that, one, there are false teachers. There was there were false teachers at the beginning. There and they've been throughout all of time, and there's plenty today. A little bit different is the person that makes a mistake versus the false teacher, and that's something you have to discern. Whether a person is a false teacher or a false prophet or simply made a mistake or misunderstood something. I know some pretty famous pastors who've said some, in my case, a few dumb things. I don't think they're false teachers. I just think they've made a huge error in this one area. Every human on the planet is a sinner. Every pastor, teacher, whatever, are all human. Therefore, we all make honest mistakes. The apostles didn't worry about that for themselves that much, it seems like, but it's a huge problem today. You have to discern. Somebody says something that you disagree with it, investigate it yourself or ask people in the know what they think is that right or not and, and get into it. It's important. And then confront the person that said it. You know, that's just a good sign of, of growing Christian is that they study what they're being told and determine whether it's true or not. 
because everything you're told isn't true. Even though the person's saying it is a legitimate Christian teacher. He will have false interpretations of something. He will misstate himself. He won't state it clearly or he'll just make a mistake. That happens and you can't avoid that. What I'm more concerned with is is the whole denominations and whole swath of people that are just wrong and continue to promote wrongness. You know, I don't think there's a word, but I'm using it. Because I think we're so far off course, we need to make some serious big changes. You know, after 40 years of being a Christian, I think most churches are heading in the wrong direction. Most, meaning a majority. I say that because Scripture basically says that. Our country is falling apart. And in Second Chronicles 7.14, which is used a lot during national prayer things and national things is if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. According to this scripture, the reason the land is in problems is not because of the evildoers, because they're always be there. It's because the Christians aren't being Christian. There are plenty of false teachers in the church. The problem with Christianity as it sits today is the splinterness. Now, I am not Catholic. I would not be Catholic. I think the Roman Catholic Church is way off base. And they're right about some things, obviously. We could we could talk for hours of whether you know they're a cult or not. I'm not going to go there. I disagree with them on a whole bunch of issues. And They've got plenty of false teachers in their midst, no doubt about that. But at least it's one group. And and I think Luther was right when he, you know, he he posted his 99 thesis. That was not a, I want my change or I'm leaving. That was he, that was the way things were done back then. You, you, he was a professor of religion. He was making he wanted to have a discussion. The trouble is Rome didn't care to have discussions. Rome wanted to dictate, you do it my way or we kill you. That's the way the Middle Ages were. And so it just, there was no other option. We're not going to go to this system. And since the system won't even talk to us, we've got to still be Christian. And we, they formed you know, their own church. And then it started with all those people. They had discussions and disagreements. And then there were two churches and three churches and total denominations. You know, you got Lutherans, you got Presbyterians, you got Methodists, you got Baptists, you got all of them. I mean, I mean, take Baptists for instance. Every Baptist church, because they don't have a, a real hierarchy, is basically a totally independent church. Plus, then you have all the non-denominational churches where there's no accountability inside. Now, let's talk about one that's really easy to talk about. Every, as many people that know Ted Cruz know Joel Osteen. He pastors this humongous church. And, I mean, I went to a Houston Rockets game. I went to where now is, is Lakewood Church, where he's the pastor. And that place is massive. And it's, I think, the largest, supposedly the largest church in America. And that's sad on multiple cases. Because I don't consider him, what he does, preaching at all. What Joel Osteen is is a motivational speaker. And he uses the Bible as his main motivation. But he doesn't preach any kind of real gospel. Sure, For sure, you're not going to get anything but the, the simplest of stuff from him. It's a, he's all about positive thinking. He's the Norman Vincent Peale of our times. I, I, I want nothing to do with it. I'm sure not going to waste money on his books or any of his trinkets he sells. I mean, have you seen? He, there's a motivational cube with it's like 60 bucks that you can get and press the button, and he 
tells you some motivational thing. I mean, he's capitalistic. I mean, he's got that part down. But no, he's not. He's no preacher of the gospel. Past that, I'm not going to go into the names. I mean, can you really blame me for that? One, I don't want to pass judgment on somebody unless I know enough about them. To be quite honest, there should be a trial. Yes, a trial where, you know, this, you said, like they, well, Luther, they were, you said this. Do you still stand by this? And, you know, what's the, you know, you have a discussion about it. You know, he may be right. Okay. Luther was right. The whole thing of selling indulgences in the Catholic Church. That was crazy. You didn't have to ask for forgiveness of sins from anybody. All you do is give them enough money and your sins were forgiven. It was just a racket. Still a racket, I think. So I'm not going to get into all the names, but I got a whole list of people I don't have anything to do with. And that's not to say they're right, not right some of the time. You know, it's a, you probably heard it before, but I have my actual, my grandfather's clock, and it's right twice a day. It's right. I think it's around, it said around four something when it died. It's, it's not a battery thing. It's broken, but I keep it for sentimental value. And it's right twice a day because it didn't have a.m. and p.m. It's right at 4.12 a.m. and 4.12 p.m. The rest of the time, it's wrong. So, a false teacher can be right. Generally speaking, false teachers are have a little bit of truth in their lie. And that's how the devil did it. That's how Satan tempted Eve, and the formula still works today. So instead of telling you, because there's no way to list them all out, I mean, I can name the big ones, but how about the one that's, you know, in your church or in your, you know, fellowship or whatever? I, you know, in a small town in Kansas, I don't know who he is. I want to talk about the things they're saying. Anybody who says LGBTQRST, all those sexual non-normal things isn't a sin red flags huge nope homosexuality was against it the biblical law in the old testament there's verses against it in the new testament that's just the way it is it's it's a sin it's not something you can practice and still be a christian abortion is a sin it's the murder of a baby. If the church denomination, the pastor, the deacon, the elder, the whatever says it's okay, or it's okay some of the time, I mean, yes, technically it is okay some of the time. If the woman's life is in danger and the mom and the father together are determined, then maybe abortion is okay then. But for the vast majority, 99.999% of them, it's just getting rid of something we didn't plan for. It's a sin. You don't kill babies. Now, this one's going to hit really square. Female pastors and elders is false teaching. Scripture's really clear. Paul says it. It's in the orthodoxy of Scripture. They are not to be proclaiming and teaching over men. A woman can teach over a woman and over children, but not over men. Well, Matt, that's very masculinity of you. I didn't write it. Don't blame me, blame God. Well, I don't like that. Too bad, it doesn't matter what you like. That's the way it is. That's hugely the way it is. The Ten Commandments are binding on Christians, at least nine of the ten. I can accept some discussions about the Sabbath, but I personally believe the Ten Commandments are binding on all Christians. I don't think the Tenth Commandment, the Sabbath Commandment, is as strict as people make it out to be. That being said, somebody says, the 
the Ten Commandments aren't binding on Christendom, they're wrong. And there's a famous pastor who has said that in his book. He's wrong. There are many paths to God. You know, God can work through various religions. Christianity isn't the only way. Jesus says he's the only way. So, no, not happening. You may find your way to Christendom through another religion, but you got to get through it because Islam isn't going to get you there. Buddhism or Hinduism or any of the other isms aren't going to get you there. Jesus says he's the only way. Additionally, Jesus plus anything else should bring up red flags. Now, everybody believes orthodoxy. I mean, all orthodox, serious Christians believe you should be baptized. Some of them do it at birth. I don't understand that version. Most believe after you're saved, you should be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or a Holy Ghost, or whatever you're going to call the third person of the Trinity. That's the general way it's done. But that water baptism doesn't save you. I mean, there's a denomination big here in Nashville who says if you don't get baptized, you're not saved. Mm. That's not right. That's false teaching. You should get baptized. And if there's reason you're not, then we got issues. But just for sake, and if you accept Jesus Christ and on the way to the baptistry, you drop dead of a heart attack, you, that's not the way. I, I, God doesn't have, play those games either. The commandments of God are non-negotiable. Anybody going against any of the commandments with the exception of the Sabbath, it's a false teaching. Most likely it's a false prophet. It could be a mistake in some cases, but for the most part, it's false teaching. No murder ever. Now, not to be confused, killing is allowed in several instances. Killing is allowed in war. Killing is allowed in self-defense. Killing is allowed as punishment for murder and mass murder. Some people, this is one of the big ones of liberal. Liberalism believe people can, without religion, I mean, we're talking so, social, socialists, not social, social studies people, psychiatry people, those people believe they can mold people into doing the right things. Certain people are so bad that there's no chance for them. If they're not going to get saved, you might as well go ahead and, and execute them. Jeffrey Dahmer, of Mad, uh, what was that, mass murderer, I mean, Hitler. I mean, that's the way it is. If you kill that many people, this is, it says an eye for an eye, you know, arm for an arm. A life for a life. That's what the Old Testament says. That's the law. Now, certain people say, well, if you're, they, A, and it's terrible. The King James Version uses kill in the Ten of the Commandments. That's a bad interpretation. It should be murder. Killing is allowed. And that's where some of them mess up, you know. Tenth Commandment, you know, one of the commandments, thou shalt not kill. That's a bad interpretation. It should say thou shall not murder anyway generally speaking even in socialist governments they have well they have a whole bunch of laws socialism and social liberal governments have lots more laws than a religious institute the, the reason america was so good especially at the beginning is we understood the basics of where law comes from you know it's in the if you go to the Supreme Court building, the Ten Commandments are on the building. I mean, they're up there in the ceiling. That's the God that's God given you know rights, God given humanity. Those are the instructions: Thou shalt not commit murder. Therefore, murder is wrong. Without that, just coming up with that, it's just somebody's opinion. 
there is no acceptable watering down of God's commandments. It just doesn't work. Because once you say 2 plus 2 equals 3.9999999999, you've compromised it. So then the next guy can say 3.95. The next 3.9. I mean, it's, it's like the old, it's when you fill up your car. Instead of being cut the price, they you know the nine tenths. You know when you look at the sticker, it says you know the price of gas is a dollar ninety nine and nine tenths. Why do why do we need the nine tenths? It was a marketing thing, you know. Soft drinks and whatever, you know, it used to be a gallon, then it became you know they switched it over liters and made it this, or they went to twelve ounces, you know. The candy bars I used to get as a kid are now the oversized candy bar. They're not even as, they're still, I think this, the candy bars I had as a kid are still bigger than the, the oversized candy bars are for today. They just kept shrinking the package and putting less and less in there. It's, it's a watering down effect. That's true with scripture. You can't water down these things. Liberals who say they're Christian, who are for some Christian things, no argument about that, is said, no, no, we have to get past the fact that women should be able to preach the gospel just as good as men. It's not up to you. Being American, we have this, in my say, we have this, you know, democracy is how we do things, even though we're a republic. The kingdom of God is a dictatorship. Now, the dictator is a loving God who only wants what's best for you, but it's still a dictatorship. It's God's way. Here are the rules. You're forgiven. You know, you can get forgiveness for things you repeatedly do wrong. Thank heavens. But you can't just, I don't like that rule and I'm changing it. Liberals believe in, say, politics and sexuality that almost always, probably always, are anti-Christian in their beliefs. The reason I generally won't vote for anybody that's a liberal is because their liberal thoughts about politics are the same about religion. The guy that is very orthodox in his beliefs, is rarely, I mean, I haven't met one, he's very liberal in his, um, how he would run a government or something. Generally speaking, the people that want to allow homosexuality and bestiality and, and pedophilia and bisexuality and all that stuff and just let everybody do whatever they want, generally only want to get the laws to get people to conform to their way of thinking. You know, look at the, you just look at the news. Now there is a risk. You can't be like the Pharisees and try to keep the letter of the law and totally miss the spirit of the law. And that's the, the big issue about the, the Sabbath keeping, you know, Jesus healed on the Sabbath. It wasn't work to him. There is no sin in me walking down the road on the seventh day that I, you know, would be today Sunday. Of I'm recording this bod- podcast on Sunday. It's not work to me. I enjoy this. It's what I look forward to in a lot of ways. But there's no work in me walking down the road and there's a poor old lady who's got a flat tire. It's still a little work, but it's still the right thing to do. You fix the person's tire. Who can't fix it themselves, especially. And if they can, you might, you might help them out. It might be easier. Yes. So, so I'm not talking about, you know, being like the Pharisees and being, you know, follow every checklist of the law and totally forget what the law really means. Not what I'm talking about. Now, I also generally believe that atheism is a rage against God. I mean, those people that are atheists, like 
Christopher Hitchens, who's the famous one who died recently. His brother, Peter Hitchens, is a, is Orthodox Christian, and he wrote a really great book. It's on my top 25 book. It's called The Rage Against God. It's a brilliant book. God is, and this is from page 134 of his book, The Rage Against God by Peter Hitchens. God is the less leftist chief rival. Christian belief, by subjecting all men to the divine authority and by asserting in the words, my kingdom is not of this world, that the ideal social society does not exist in this life in the most coherent obstacle to their secular utopianism. All of the current politicians, whether they're Democrats or they're the Labor Party in the UK or whatever, they're always or the follow these things to make your life better. It's a utop. They're pushing a utopian theology. There is no perfect society on earth. The original Christian Church had issues. Just read Acts. You know, especially the part where somebody said they went and sold a piece of land and gave money and said it was all the money, but it wasn't all the money. And back then it was, it was pretty strict. Peter confronted the person and he dropped dead. How you like that for church discipline? That'll straighten people out real quick. But liberalism just isn't biblical. And what I mean by that is let's take something outside of religion in general. Let's take something. I'm a native Texan. If you're born in Texas, you can't help but at least acknowledge what football is. I don't know any person living in Texas, that born and raised in Texas, is not, you know, that's in my case, 60 years old, that doesn't understand the game of football. It's just back when I, I mean, everybody, it's played in, when you're a kid, it's played all the way through junior high and high school and college. It's, I mean, for a while I was, Back when I was in college, there was a Southwest Conference that was all the Texas teams plus Arkansas. Okay? So football's huge in Texas. And I'm just using them as an analogy. If you're from the north, the baseball may be better. If you're from, you know, someplace else, basketball may. It all, the, the analogy is going to work. You just need to change the what I'm saying. Imagine if liberals were running and they are, but imagine they were literally running the football game. You know, it's first and 10. You get four downs to get a first down. Oh, but you're a black guy. And because blacks were brought over to America and as slaves, even though it happened, you know, hundreds of years ago, and you weren't, you and your parents and your grandparents weren't a part of that, we're still going to, we're going to give you an extra down. Okay. And then the nuttiness keeps going on. Oh, well, you're that team. Your, your team's too much better than this other team. So after you've scored two touchdowns, now your touchdowns only count two instead of six. Given a chance, the other team to catch up. And if that doesn't work to help them catch up, we're just going to throw a flag for running too fast or whatever. I mean, Anybody that's watched any sports team, whether it's basketball, baseball, you know, the great, you know, in, in football, the great snap, the quarterback hits the guy wide open and he runs for the touchdown and then the flag comes out for, you know, a holding. You scream. Now, if you're on the team that just got scored on, yay, you know, it has to come back and redo it. But imagine if there wasn't a foul and they're just throwing the flag to, to make it more fair. Now, one of the things I love, let's bring it, let's go all the way. Let's say everybody on the field makes the same price. I bet you the the liberal players would change their tune really. They're all in for, for capitalism then. I mean, LeBron James, who's part of this the stupidity of Black Lives Matter, would change his tune real quick if that meant his salary had to be equal to everybody. And I'm not talking about the foot, the just the team. I'm talking about the people serving in the concession stands, you know, that are making minimum wage, all everybody's salary gets to be equal. That's socialism for you. But liberalism into religion doesn't work at all. And it doesn't work 
in society in general, normally speaking. Every time you liberalize something, you generally make it worse. And I'll talk about that maybe sometime as a special broadcast, but but that's my but inside Christianity, liberalism is not available at all. Two plus two must always equal four. Jesus always in charge. His rules, that's just the way it is. Now, even though liberalism is bad and terrible, God still works through it on occasion. Never never underestimate God's ability to do things. That despite them, they can still, God can still move. The Holy Spirit can still do amazing things. Liberal churches, and I'm talking about like liberal United Methodist churches and liberal other churches, the the old school Presbyterians, occasionally still read scripture. That's the, actually read the literal. Now they're getting worse. They're changing the scripture to liberal scriptures. They're taking out all kinds of things. But to this point in time, you know, they generally use the same Bible that everybody else uses, and that can have an effect on people that's not their intent. So even though liberalism is bad, God can do things through it. I'm not saying he wants to do it that way, but he's still going to get it done. You know, as a parent, this is kind of how I'm ending it. As a parent, I had, I've used the term a lot because I inherited it from my father, my house, my rules. While you live in my house, you obey my rules. Well, while you're in God's kingdom, you obey God's rules. It's really that simple. Scripture says, enter through the narrow gates, because the gate is wide and the way is spacious that leads to destruction. There are many who enter through it, but the narrow is the gate and difficult the way that leads to life. There are few who find it. If you liberalize things, you're heading to mass destruction. Christians who promote a liberal theology are false teachers. They're not, they may or may not be a real Christian. That's not for me to decide. That's for, for God to decide. But they are false teachers. That's why I believe in the absolutes. That's why, to be quite honest, I like math so much better than English. That's part of the reason I do a podcast than doing a blog. For years I wanted to do a blog, but I'm a terrible writer because English to me doesn't make sense. I mean, why do you have a there and a there? Why do you have an R and an R? There is there, T-H-E-R-E, and there's there, T-H-E-I-R. There's R-A-R-E, and there's R. O-U-R. There's I before E, except after C. I mean, there are all these crazy exceptions and rules. And then, you know, why is it that complicated? In math, it's really great. Two plus two equals four, period, the end. Next, you know, four plus four equals eight. In the discussion, there's no exceptions. None. Multiply any number by zero, you get zero. Multiply any number by one, you get that number. Math is really great in that regard. That is theology. It's a it's math. Two plus two equals four, always. If somebody proves you two plus two equals five, guess what? They cheated somewhere. That's just the way it is. It's wonderful. Theology, there is no liberalism. There is no watering down of it to make it more palatable. You either accept God's way or you don't. I mean, it's a free choice. Every man, nobody's, nobody's, well, I better not say nobody, but for the most part, nobody's putting a gun to anybody's head to say accept Christianity. There's people putting guns ahead to accept Islam, okay? Accept Islam or we cut your throat. I mean, we've seen the videos that rarely to never happens in Christianity. It happened in the Catholic Church during the Middle Ages, you know. I bet you're a heretic or get burned at the stake, even though what you're saying is right. But today, those those of us that believe in traditional things that are in, you know, the 
adultery is wrong and homosexual is wrong and there's no such thing as transgender. Biology proves there's gender determines gender, not what somebody's feelings are. We are the ones being targeted. Nobody's really, you know, upset about the people saying that as much as they're upset at the people who say, no, that's not true. In the kingdom of God, that's it. The truth never changes. It's always the same. Thanks for listening to the Vorthos Podcast. Visit Vorthos.net for more information. That's Vorthos, V-O-R-T-H-O-S dot net. You may follow at Vorthos on Twitter. The views and opinions expressed on the Vorthos Podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Vorthos Podcast. Any content provided by Matt or our guest are their opinion and not intended to malign or insult anyone or anything. Matt W. Ruff can be reached at mattwruff at forthos.net. That's M-A-T-T-W-R-U-F-F at V-O-R-T-H-O-S dot net. <laughs>